Hello and welcome to another Octal FM soundbite. I'm Gelada. And I'm Zephyrin. And you have picked up Super Mario Maker 2, right? Did you buy yeah. it on launch or did you buy it after launch? I bought it like two days after launch, I okay, think. So pretty much like on launch. Basically you, a launch, yeah. Did you play the original on the Wii U? No, I didn't because oh. at that point I didn't own the Wii U. Or right. did I? I don't remember. Like I, I remember not having Mario Maker basically on Wii U. I do own a Wii U. Mm. Yeah. But I think... I really, really enjoyed watching a lot of the gameplay videos of it on YouTube, like a lot mm. of Let's Players playing it. It was like a really good community. Yeah. So when they announced Super Mario Maker 2 and I had kind of jumped on the Switch bandwagon, mm. uh, I was like, well, I mean, absolutely. Like I really enjoyed Mario Maker 2, uh, Mario Maker, so I'm going to get number two and it looks like it'd be really good. And, and I'm also really glad that they decided not to basically just make the Mario Maker Deluxe version, basically, like they did with, say, Mario Kart 8, for example right like it is a new game with like a new lot of content and they've added mm. new features and yeah so i was really excited for it and, and thought you know like i'm gonna pay full price for it and pick it up straight mm. away nice so how are you finding it what what has been the what has been the best i really like the overall layout of the game everything's really smooth and very polished like it's just so typical nintendo polish for everything mm, but one of the things yes. you might expect from a game which is pretty much all about user-generated content because even the single player levels you can tell are just user-generated content from the staffs and the devs that yeah, they then right. just proceeded like they probably just went to the dev team one day and they'd write everyone needs to make a level by monday go and then they just <laughs> then slotted those into the single players and they'd like you need to make one about this particular mechanic and and so on and so forth but even with all that in said, and the majority of the content that you play is all user-generated, everything feels very tailor-made. Everything feels very handcrafted, very carefully, both in terms of course world, like where you find all the courses, but also the creator as well. Like everything feels very smooth and very clean. One of the problems I've had in the past when you've ever used level editors or like creation tool suites... I'm thinking games like uh, Little Big Planet, for example, or I remember one particular I made genuinely made a concerted effort to use was Infamous Two on PlayStation, mm. like that had less of kind of like a level challenge edit type thing that I really tried hard to use and make like a really interesting game mechanic with, and it's so clunky because you can tell the game is not designed to be used like this, but because Mario Maker has been designed from the ground up yeah, as a creation premise, right? yeah like <laughs> everything works really nicely like everything's really smooth the creation tool works really well everything's nice and organized and because it's on a grid because it's mario right everything's on like a on a, on a grid sheet it all snaps really nicely nothing's sort of ambiguous because like one of the problems with like 3d games especially like you know true 3d games as opposed to 2.5 is like you can see the, the where the lines don't quite join up and you can see mm -hmm. the seams around the edges sort of thing of course but yeah, yeah like you make a mario level and it just looks like a mario level yeah it's, great. it's like indistinguishable right for the most <laughs> part yeah like you can just make a mario level that you could just then sell as a normal game and you would not know so uh, that's what i've been most impressed with of it hmm yeah i remember that from the first one actually because i had mario maker one on on wii u and yeah it does it feels like a it's almost surreal because you're like playing a mario game where it feels exactly like a mario game but the levels are all really weird mm. <laughs> or like because they're like user generated and yeah i remember thinking that, that was that was weird the one thing i think they could do with improving even now is just some more of the online functionality, but that's just so typical Nintendo. Right? <laughs> uh, like we've had a full-on discussion about this before with like Splatoon. 
you can't like actively search like with letters you know you can't type in a keyboard like what you want to find <laughs> i was trying to show it off to laura at, like the auto music levels where like it plays yeah. a particular tune or whatever I thought, oh she'll yeah, get a kick yeah. out of this and there was no way of searching like a particular like track or anything you can't you had to like auto run simple as like tags and oh, that's the best right. you can do and that's great if you don't want a particular type of love. You just want like a general idea of what you want. But if yeah. you want to like find something that's really specific, it's really hard. And you can't search for specific creators either, I don't think. Right. I, I specifically wanted to search for like a couple of creators that I, I followed like on YouTube. And I just couldn't find a way to do it. Like I couldn't even find the how to enter their maker codes either. And this is just so typical in the online Nintendo. Yeah. Like it wasn't up until like quite close to the release of the game that they announced that you would be able to do uh, like local couch co-op multiplayer. Right. Uh, up at that point, you could do like m- online multiplayer, but you everyone would have to have the game and everyone would have mm-hmm. to have like the subscription to Nintendo Online mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And they only just like towards the very tail end of the release said, oh yeah, and it does work offline local multiplayer too. Mm-hmm. Well, um, sounds but the like game it's... is the game as a whole is really good. Like, yeah. the, I really enjoy all of the creative thinking people have. Like, it's amazing mm. people take some one mechanics to such a cool extent, and those are the best levels as well. Like Nintendo's like single player levels really show that off. Where like they sh- they basically just show you like a really massive tutorial. Of, like this is what you could do with this particular mechanic. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it really does encourage your imagination. Nice. Sounds good. Very good. Yeah. The other thing we wanted to talk about in this special double double split soundbite mm. was a little bit of news from the world of Elite Dangerous, mm. which uh, we are big fans of. I don't know how much... Have we talked about Elite Dangerous that much? In Yeah, we, we, on, we mention it every so often just because it is mm. something that we're both quite into, into, but I don't think we've done a full episode on. Maybe mm. we could do like an Elite Dangerous retrospective. Yeah, that's true, actually, because it's, there's been a lot of stuff since Elite Dangerous started many years ago. And uh, one of the recent announcements, which is really cool, that we wanted to just co- sort of quickly talk about was that they're adding these sort of non-directly maneuverable but commandable massive like fleet carriers Mm, that's what they're Um, called fleet carriers which are essentially like the game has always had uh, capital ships like non-playable capital ships that are sort of like you might like jump into a fight between one and another or or like where there's like loads of ships fighting a capital ship or whatever and these are like player owned capital ships Mm. essentially that you're going to be able to potentially like dock other ships to and, and other players can dock with them as well yeah like it's sort of like your own little mini portable space station yeah but essentially that's exactly what it is yeah like it's your own mini mega ship mm. and this is a bit of a surprise because they announced the intention to have squadron carriers right quite a while back when they announced the idea of having squadrons which are essentially the game's like equivalent of guilds yeah but then when they announced and released the, the squadrons, they said, oh, but I'm sorry, we're sorry, squadron carriers aren't ready. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But then when they announced all oh, squadron carriers are going to be coming later on this year, I think it's sometime in like December this year in 2019, they also said, but you'll also have fleet carriers too, which are personal things. So you Every commander can own one of them and you'll be able to like dock all your ships there. And it's like, yeah. whoa, what? hang on, what? 
Yeah. Which is brilliant. It's pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it still feels like Elite has quite a bit of a way to go in terms of the multiplayer experience. Like the times that we've tried it, it's like, it's fine, but it's a little bit flaky. It's but still it feels clunky like, in places. Yeah. Like trying to get in the same instance. And yeah. even when you like join each other's wing, you're not necessarily able to like find each other no, sometimes. And, and like, yeah, it's a bit awkward. With, like multi-crew was a bit confusing as well. It's very confusing. When we tried yeah. it. And, you know, it feels like they're working in the right direction to do that, right? By adding these sort of chunky cooperative features, they're sort of trying to turn it more into something that can be enjoyed more with friends, with something that I feel at least on the surface is quite a solo thing. It's not if you invest enough time in it, but it is if you, it's not super easy, right, to deal with things as 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 a group. I see these as an ability to f- the game to further enhance what it does already quite well, which is single player, absolutely. Yeah. But also having large scale community interaction. Yeah. It is the middle ground it can't do very well, like the wings, like the two to three, yeah. two to four people sort of thing it really struggles with. But the the big style things really work quite well because if you've got either a fleet carrier or a squadron carrier or whatever, that can really now allow you to organize large scale events. Like the most famous one is the Distant Worlds event where yeah. hundreds of players go like literally across the other side of the galaxy, which takes weeks, you know, mm. sometimes even more. I think it's like a month, in fact. But imagine being able to do this, but with like fleet carriers and squadron carriers going along with you to like act as bases, basically. So you wouldn't have to sort of try and keep up with things. You could just simply dock with one player's particular fleet carrier and they would take you with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, so these things allow for further coordination and organization of larger groups of players overall Mm. to encourage community-based events. Yeah, it's really interesting, the amount of kind of investment and time and development in Elite Dangerous. And like you say, I think it's worth us doing a proper episode, really looking at that sort of thinking. I'm thinking back to our like games as a service as well. And sort yeah, of- absolutely. Because at the moment, they still don't charge for anything extra other than no. purchasing the game and then the Horizon expansion pack. And they've, they have confirmed that the fleet carriers and squadron carriers will not require Horizons. It was yeah. just, it's just base game. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, so pretty exciting. Uh, lots of lots of new stuff in the Elite Dangerous world. Mm. And when you're not in Elite, you're in Super Mario Maker 2. Yes. <laughs> games, games, games. Yeah, lots of games. So a little bit of a a little bit of a multi-game update there for, yeah. for sound bites. Hopefully that this has been fun and informative and interesting. If it hasn't, well, tough. You've listened <laughs> to it now. Um and wow. uh, yeah, in the meantime, I've been Gelada. And I've been Sephron. And catch us again for another Octal FM soundbite or otherwise very soon.